Thanks for tuning in to QuarterCast. This is Kelsey, and our guest this time is Phantom Scimitar. So if you like things like ancient civilizations, astronomy, and thinking about your place in the universe in general, this just might be the band for you. They're going to be releasing their first album, Tides of the First Dawn, next year. And they have a show coming up January 20th at Milk Boy Art House. Be sure to show up and show up for that. In our conversation, we talked about making that new album. We talked a lot about incorporating art and visuals into performance, which I think is always an awesome thing if you can do it. And uh, we also have a fun lightning round of favorite albums. So stay tuned for that. Beforehand, I want to let you know about a new album that's out by Goldbug. Goldbug contacted me about their album release show. Unfortunately, uh, there was no episode coming out in time. So I'm just going to let you guys know about the record now. Go check that out. So their new album, Keep Up the Good Work, is available on their band camp. They bill themselves as a Baltimore's saddest party band, now and forever. So that gives you a little flavor of where they're coming from. It's good. Check it out. And I'll also update you on Santa Labrada. Last night, we were part of the the jam session, the benefit for uh, lung cancer patients. And that was great. I want to shout out to Paul. I don't know if you're going to hear this, but shout out to Paul for organizing it. And uh, there were so many great bands, so many friends of this show. It was a great thing to be a part of. Our next show is also going to be a benefit. It's December 1st at The Crown. It's going to benefit Movable Feast. We're going to play with the Vanishing Hitchhikers. And a Double Motorcycle, who I love and who have been on the show, too. If you haven't listened to their episode, definitely do. That was a pretty fun one. So if you don't know about a movable feast, what they do is they're a community that cares for people with very serious illnesses like HIV, AIDS, cancer, uh, by delivering by delivering meals and groceries to them and providing nutritional counseling. So not only would you be supporting that great cause, but you'll have a great time with us and uh, two other great bands. So let's get into the Phantom Scimitar talk. I want to thank them so much for uh, having me over and um, just opening up about everything. We talk, there's some really good stuff about musical influences, pulling in pieces of prog rock, Persian classical music, and metal. Um, so, so I hope you enjoy it, and I hope you'll give their new album a listen. Today I'm here with Phantom Scimitar. How are you guys doing? Good. Doing well. Good. Um, to get started, I like people to get used to your voices. Can you just go around and say your name and the instrument you play? My name is Francois Smith. I play the guitar and I sing, write songs. I'm Derek Falsoy. I'm the drummer, mallet percussion. I'm Zinosh Barbad. I play the bass and the moog. All right, cool. Um, so I... I want to play people a song, but before we get to that, let's um, get into your background a little bit. So you guys, uh, we were talking before the recording, and so you guys have kind of known each other for a really long time and, and been part of the same scene. So can you walk me through how Phantom Scimitar became a band? Yeah, um, so we're all, we all started playing in uh, sort of local bands in, in the uh, Baltimore, Washington area, and we had actually run into each other in gigs previously. And uh, so we're, I would say we're part of the same community. And um, I guess as our other bands started to deteriorate a little bit, we sort of uh, gravitated towards each other and asked each other if we wanted to play in a, in a band together. 
and uh, it just sort of worked out. We seem to have kind of a similar taste in music and a sort of a similar goal in why we do this. And um, then it just sort of happened. And uh, you two have known each other since like grade school, you were saying, right? Mm -hmm. So what, what's that like to play with someone with that much history? Well, I mean, I've known Derek since the second grade. Uh, and then I would go to his like concerts when we were in high school. He played drums for a bunch of different bands. Oops, sorry. Oh, you're right. Something's burning, so I'll, okay. I'll continue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have a little, um, yeah, okay, so, cool. so it was, it was kind of enough to come out to, to some shows, and um, we had mutual interest in music, so we'd go see some shows together. Yeah, we saw shows together, and then I guess I was getting closer to my well, mid to late 20s, and I said to him, you know, I've always wanted to play... Uh, I've always wanted to be in a band, so like this is it's either now or never. So like, do you want to work on something together? And then we started this band called Channel Volatile in 2010, and that went on for several years, and it's still going on. And then uh, Francois and I, uh, Francois, we met Francois through gigs that we played together. He was in a band called Iritis. And so basically, like he said, um, we formed we formed Phantom Scimitar together, and then Derek came on board as a drummer for that this summer. I think one thing that's interesting, and that might have been part of the draw, was that we all come from such different backgrounds with mm -hmm. regards to music. Um, I'm definitely a sort of a '70s prog rock person. Oh yeah, and I could hear that in some yeah. of the song. Oh great. <laughs> And uh, that makes me happy. And um, <laughs> so you grew up playing classical piano, basically, and also uh, played some classical Persian pieces, which is very nice. And uh, Derek is definitely a, well, I don't want to speak for you, but I, I think of you as a 90s grunge metal rocker, kind of. <laughs> yeah, I, th I think that's a good way to put it. I, um, I'm a little more eclectic. I um I always played drums. I played drums since middle school, but I also did all the nerdy band stuff. I did I did bass um in high school for like the pit orchestra and jazz band. I did guitar, middle school um did symphonic one ensemble and marching band on the drums and started having a bunch of local bands um right out of my house in Laurel until the neighbors complained and couldn't do that anymore. <laughs> and then that kind of took off inadvertently after that, but um. I grew up learning um, like Latin music and, and, and funk and, and symphonic wind, you know, music. But I also, like Francois mentioned, you know, more in the 90s, recently I've been listening to more metal. Mm -hmm. I'll just wherever, wherever the wind flows, I guess. Mm -hmm. So that's interesting. You have uh, Latin music in your background. You have Persian music in your background. Um, how has that expressed itself in this band, which is, you know, a, 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 if you had to pigeonhole it, a rock band with, you know, proggy influences, I guess? Well, I mean, I gravitate towards playing harmonic minors, and I try to play harmonic minor bass lines uh, when I can. Um, now that we've added the Moog to the mix, I'll probably incorporate harmonic minor, Moog, spaceship sounds to the music. Um, well, for me, I think Francois inadvertently gave me a compliment one day. I don't know if he remembers this, but... It was by accident. <laughs> One of the one of the first couple of times I came to um, 
audition or, or, or play, he said I was surprisingly funky, so I, I took that as a, as a good compliment. Yeah, that was funny, because when I've seen you play live, it's usually more of a doomy kind of sound, and I'd always associated you with that sort of slow, heavy beat, and then you came and practiced some of our stuff, which which is not that, and uh, you just fit right in, and then I realized, uh, okay, so maybe there's more dimensions to you, and then we hooked you up with my... I've got somebody fool. Yeah, exactly. And then we hooked you up with my daughter's xylophone, and then the rest is history. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, this guy for sure. Like one of those toy xylophones? Like, no, it's a, it's like a, it's a pretty good quality xylophone. Nice. I should bring it up and play Mary Had a Little Wayne for a Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's very cool. Um, well, let's take a quick break here and play a song. Um, do you mind if we play Stars? Is there another one that you guys would rather play? Okay. Yeah, 
So uh, we just listened to Stars. Can you talk to me a little bit about writing that song? I understand you're the main songwriter, Francois. So, so where did that idea come from? Okay. First, I have to take a moment and remember the lyrics of that particular song. Yeah, take it. So, so <laughs> a lot of these songs have to do with uh, sort of a self-awareness and our, and our place in the context of the universe. And that's what Stars really is about. Um, and it's called Stars because, uh, you know, I was reading the uh, Max Tegmark book fairly recently, the, the, the multiverse book that he wrote, and, and something struck me when I was reading that, that every molecule in our body can be traced back to material that was formed in stars. And that's really the concept of the song Stars, is relating us to stars and to in from that into the universe and the birth of the universe and and it's a reminder you know it's a reminder for us to be aware of where we came from not just historically or even prehistorically but astronomically that's not light stuff so (laughs) (laughs) what was it that drew you to that subject matter just the well Probably being an aerospace uh, scientific community is part of it, but I think even I was drawn to that pretty early on because of, um, I think maybe just intentionally being more aware than, than people around me of, of the context of my consciousness and the material that's around me, and I think... Um, that I find very exciting, a very exciting concept, and I want to convey that to other people. And music is, at least in this point of history, really maybe the best way to convey ideas and in a way that's palatable and pleasurable. I mean, there's other forms of art too, but for me, that's... uh, It's the universal language, right? Yeah. Um, one of the things I really liked about that song was um, some of the vocal har- harmonies. Um, is that you singing on that tonight? Yeah. Okay. And how does the songwriting process work for you guys? Did you write those, or, or is that something you came up with? And I think usually it happens so far that I'll come up with a chord progression or maybe and some lyrics, and then I'll sort of play or I'll record what I what you know uh, little bits and pieces and send it around and then it'll sort of organically uh, grow into a uh, you know I'd say a more you know solid song but then we go back and play with the arrangements and the structure so much later anyway like for example the a lot of the versions that you hear now that we may post up or now the song is now, you know, three minutes longer because we just put a, an entire middle section in there for no for no good reason. <laughs> well, there's your prog instinct coming out oh, yeah. and just adding right. parts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I know that there's those two songs up on Bandcamp now. Um, I understand that there's an album in the works and you guys are mixing it. So uh, tell us a little bit about that. Do you have a time when people might be able to expect it? We're shooting for end of the year. But, uh, you know, 
being government workers and contractors, uh, timescales tend to tend to to move. Yeah. Let's say at least by first quarter next year. <laughs> we'll leave it at that first quarter. So, do you all um, work in government, all, or, or was that just you? We're all like either government or contractors. I okay. think, Right. I'm, I'm a contractor in a government area. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. So, um, how, I mean, most of the people I talk to do have day jobs. How do you balance your creative life with, uh, you know, the, the work that you do, uh, you know, nine to five or whatever it is for you guys? Well, I would say we balance our professional life with a creative life as well. Um, for me, I couldn't imagine just working. I need that creative outlet to think myself as a whole being yeah recently we're getting together Tuesdays and you know it's something to look forward to you jam you you have that idea like Francois was mentioning with 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 the songs you know to keep them fluid and and ever-growing um I think there's a psychedelic growth to them to extend put different places here and there so you go through the work week and you, you think of things you want to do to you know improve the song and tighten up the song and you get to practice and you get your catharsis and then you look forward to the, the show. Hopefully we get a few more in the works. Okay. Where do you guys, um? well actually let me ask you this, so uh, we're here in Laurel now, are there places to play around here or do you kind of have to go to DC or to Baltimore? We play it. We like Chapala's a lot. The Blue Beetle Rock Bar. It's just five miles. Oh, okay. Right I don't know that place. Right yeah. in Burdensville. Mm-hmm. Oh, Burdensville. Yeah, okay. It's just 198 all the way down for about five to seven minutes. Um, the booker there is John Angel. He's very supportive. He's a patron um, of the arts. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's great. Yes, he is. So there are some places in Montgomery County. There's like a, just a, a couple of places. DC has a lot of places, but honestly, um, we really enjoy playing in the Baltimore area mm-hmm. because, uh, well, that's just a really good rock town, you know, and uh, it's a really good place to organically build a um, not just a fan base, but a, uh, a movement, really. Baltimore is a vibrant scene and has had for, yeah. for a while, and they seem to be ever growing with different different venues. Oh. Yeah, there's always something going on. Yeah. There oh, is. there's, there's the, um, the New Deal in Greenbelt, too. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a, a that's great a cool place. place. Yeah. yeah, the New Deal. New Deal Cafe, yeah. Yeah, and uh, I think that's um, being in a place where, where there is a movement, like I think there is a prog rock movement going on in Baltimore, I feel it, and uh, being sort of swept into that current is really a, a, really a pleasure. You know, it's really great being part of that community. And it exists in D.C., too. It's a little... DC is a little more schizophrenic. There's so much more going on, and it's a little harder to get traction. But we we enjoy that community as well. Yeah, I think we also enjoy like going to live shows and, and <laughs> yeah, that's meet, right. Meeting bands and you know talking with them about collaborating and, and and those kind of things. I think that's one way to weld yourself into the scene and get to know people and see what's out there and what's good. Yeah, yeah absolutely. We go we we go to see other uh, local acts uh, as well. Not just herself. So, what kind of bands do you are, are you playing with? What kind of other proggy stuff is happening that people might want to know about? That's a good question. Oh, oh yeah, go ahead. Well, so we have a couple of sort of bands that we seem to cross cross paths with quite a bit, 
and um, um, names are not our forte. <laughs> 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 played a show at the pinch and then we met this band that's fairly uh close to what we're trying to do they're the stomp stomp Dills, yeah okay um and historically we've played with bands like new order of existence yeah, they're right. a little darker alternative but uh it fits well we've played with um shoot Schumann. I don't know. Shimon, yeah. Famous Cemetery we did, but yeah. both our other ones play with them, and they're 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 pretty. Yeah, yeah, that, that's a good example of. Uh, Was it Schumann? Schumann, like the. Not like the composer Schumann. It's like S H U M A U N. Yeah, okay. they throw two U's in there. It's yeah. <laughs> Just to give it that little twist. Well, you know, you gotta have your search engine optimization. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and Brave. We played with Brave Wolf. Yeah. We, we, the good thing about our what we're doing is that it's not just one channel. It can really play well and merge well with other genres as well. So um, we're not localized to just Prague. Uh, That's true. Yeah, so we, we can morph uh, our set to according to the rest of the lineup. Um, I think we're trying to get something together with Bad Robot Jones. Um, at the beginning of next year and other projects that other members are doing. Mall Rat is another one. It's called M-A-U-L Rat. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, yeah, so, you know, we sort of morph our set because we have a lot of material. Francois writes a lot of songs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can remember about 30% of the lyrics but surprisingly, he remembers all the notes. So oh, well, yeah. you know, that's the main part where you yeah. play live. Yeah. Well, I think it's exciting when um, it's the singer isn't singing the exact same words every time. Yeah, sing except it's hard when you have to do harmonies right. with the singer and they're singing something different than what you... <laughs> you got to think really fast. Yeah. About I can't imagine I just hit, 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 crash. Yeah. It's a little, a little bit easier for me. Yeah. <laughs> Um, let's jump back to the new album because I think there's still more to talk about there. So it was uh, "Tides of the First Dawn." That's the title. And um, what kind of what are do you have a message behind it, a theme behind it? What are you all trying to to accomplish with this record? The answer is definitely yes, and um, that it's a it, I would say it's a thematic record. It's not so much telling a story, but it is. Um, putting you in a mind frame, I think, of really, there's two main themes to it. One is, as I mentioned with stars, you know, our place in the universe and our origins there. But then the second prong of it has to do with ancient civilizations and their awareness of our place in the universe. Think of like Stonehenge and, you know, the, the Aztecs and um, the Sumerians who are very well aware of astronomical events and that sort of thing. Something that we seem to have lost a bit now, except for a handful of scientists that were, mm -hmm. you know. So um, it's sort of a, um, a celebration of, and a, and a, and a, and a bringing us to, to that realization of this time when humans were much more connected with the universe. So what do you, this is a really kind of a big question, I don't know if you'll have an answer for it, but what, what, why do you think people are less focused on that now? Maybe this is something you've thought about writing this song, these songs? 
Yeah, I think there's a lot more distractions right now. For example, if you were in a, you know, if you were a prehistoric person right now, we wouldn't have the, you know, lights. We wouldn't have, uh, you know, mechanical and electronic devices to uh, distract us. What we would see mainly is the stars. That's what we see every single night and with brilliant clarity and they would have much more meaning to us because we would actually notice their movements from night to night and they would, and, and they would have meaning uh, beyond just, um, you know, the impact there, you know, that we have in the movements of the planets and the seasons and whatnot. We'd also uh, have maybe a more spiritual connection to them as well. Mm. And can you elaborate on that? Uh, maybe you've meditated on what that would do for people. How, how would that spiritual connection change things? Or Well, I think uh, when you look at prehistoric humans versus humans today, I think that we were once a much more spiritual, uh, or, you know, much more spiritual uh, civilization than we are now. I think... Uh, we are a little more reactive now than we were then. Um, my, and incidentally, my, my first degree was in anthropology, so this kind of uh, going from anthropology into you know an aerospace tech field, it, it kind of this is really what I'm about. Yeah. You know? It's like life meets art, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Stuff you thought about for a long time. Exactly. So it's not just meditating at any one time. It's really. Uh, an explore a lifelong exploration and and this these concepts uh, did I answer the question yeah no definitely <laughs> and then from a musical standpoint is there uh, musical goals that you all are trying to accomplish here or um, elements that you're trying to weave in to the record sort of he's the the major proponent of like moving forward because if it's just to us we would just be happy playing gigs every now and then <laughs> yeah. but Derek's the one who sort of like pushes us to pursue like like interviewing with <laughs> you or, yeah I think um that's true you know I, I came on as a as a fan of the band first and when the opportunity to come and come and play um I wanted to try to meet the themes that Francois had, had discussed and try to do something different to try to you know, tighten up the bands and, you know, figure out which arrangements would work best and allow for more creative parts and to make the songs, um, you know, in my, in my way, more dramatic and to try to challenge myself as a drummer as well to kind of go outside the box and play a different style. So that's my contribution, I think. Uh, totally agree. Because uh, if it weren't for Derek, we'd probably just be playing by ourselves in the, in the basement. And, and well, that's be, never fun, right? It, well, we'd probably be happy doing that too. But and that's fun too. But uh, Derek definitely um, challenges us to get out there and and do things like this and to play gigs more often and to and to I guess focus to getting the message out there and the music out there. Which, uh, yeah, otherwise we could become complacent. <laughs> and also giving our music a lot more dynamics, you know. Yeah, dynamics are a good thing. So do you guys play out often? Like once every couple months, every month? 
Yeah, we play, I mean, I'd say we play once every two, three months. It's um, pretty good rate, yeah. 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 We're, we're getting back in there, though. I think maybe a good goal once, once a month. Yeah. Oh, uh, before I lose track, I wanted to talk. So, t- so the record has some art uh, from Yuzanush. Uh, so, ha- have you been uh, doing visual art for a long time? No, I haven't. I, I mean, I just I'm a recreational artist, um, not even by trade, just hobby. Uh, I'm not schooled at all. Um, he's gonna jump on the table. <laughs> Actually, Francois did some of the artwork. Uh, he did the the mountains for stars. Oh, the ones on Bandcamp. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that was you. Yeah. Um, Icons was just an iteration from this. Uh, so no, I, I mean, it's just a pastime. Yeah. No, that's cool. Um, just for the listener, uh, uh, she brought up the, the image. And for, to, for me, like, I'm not an art expert, but those colors look very, like, a very deliberate professional choice. So it's, it's kind of interesting. I'm surprised you said you didn't have much training. Oh, thank <laughs> you. Yeah, and also I don't normally paint draw with color at all oh, really? <laughs> and uh, that's been an interesting aspect of being in this band is um, I tend to gravitate towards the darker side of sound uh, more darker industrial metal stuff similar to Derek mm-hmm. but uh, Francois uh, sort of pushed us into exploring color and so it just this just came about um, which sort of manifested how this band came about, which is incorporating a lot of color, a lot of shapes that wouldn't fit otherwise, and and it's just been an organic exploration of um, different things that I typically wouldn't do. Um, <laughs> even playing the bass is not something I've really done until joining Phantom Scimitar. You, you, you said you were primarily a keyboard player? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so now, now you have a move you're going to work in? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that's another evolution, I guess, that for, of the sound. Um, is Have you used that on the new recording, or is that going to be the next phase yeah, for you guys? That'll probably be album two. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, so you, you also contributed art then. Oh, do you guys see a connection between the music and visual art and if so what is that definitely take for example this uh, album cover that Zanoush made yeah i'll try to describe it real quick so it's kind of floral kind of organic very brightly colored there's greens there's purples there's pinks okay sorry exactly i mean it's all the colors and materials in in the universe essentially and shapes and whatnot to me it looks like um a sort of very psychedelic, bizarre interpretation of the early plasma from just after the Big Bang. And so that's why when I saw this piece that Zanush um, just sort of abstractly came up with, uh, I said that would be a great album cover for specifically this album. So Yeah, I mean, that seems to fit for sure, mm-hmm. what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. I think we're also putting, um, I guess to expand the, the art piece, what we want to be perceived or how the audience wants to see us when we're, when we're performing. So we're, we're putting a lot of thought into the visual component mm-hmm. instead of, you know, anything go out there and, and play their instruments. But um, thinking about like what, what what sort of lights, I know that Francois used, what, fractals? Is that what it was yeah. historically? Yeah, in the old band we had fractal animation playing in the background. Mm-hmm. We haven't quite 
established that yet, but <laughs> but that's Something the kind of thing we'd like to go go to. Right now, we have a lot of interesting lights, and we have uh, psychedelic shirts. Yeah, and we have. That's pretty cool. And we, have, you know, we just sort of try to make a kind of a psychedelic, colorful kind of atmosphere. environment. Yeah, atmosphere, and that. You know, that's a we pay attention to those kind of details, you know, because that's part of the message too. Like you say, the visual is is also important. Yeah, I just had a really long conversation with some friends actually about how important lights are. So it's kind of interesting that you guys are trying to incorporate that. Um, so how how are you phasing that in? Like from a practical standpoint, do you have like different colors? Like, what, are you, do you have certain modes moods that you're trying to evoke? Yeah, a big mood is green. <laughs> a lot of green. There's a lot of green. A lot of projection lights from Pro- Home Depot after oh, yes. <laughs> Christmas. Yeah. Some by the fence. So there's a practical stuff. element to that too. Yeah. The cat has something to say. Yeah. yeah. He's That's a cute Very cat. involved. Yeah. What's the cat say? Nima. Nima. Yeah, the cat's at every practice. Uh, usually exactly <laughs> where you don't want it. Like, sitting on top of your pedals. Yep, they'll yeah. set up shop right there. <laughs> you can't stomp on those. The cat's there. Mm-hmm. It'd be bad. We do want to eventually, like, we want to explore doing the whole video jockeying thing where you have someone take your art and then have it move to the uh, rhythm of your music. These are all things we want to yeah. eventually do. Well, you guys did that before. Uh, you guys did that before with Channel Volta with uh, Angel did the... Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, we had a, at one point we were an instrumental band and mm-hmm. so we needed some sort of visual component. So we had um, a friend of mine who's a, a cinematographer, a hobby cinematographer, and he like took these old 1920s, 30s silent films and then sort of had them jive with the rhythm of the song. Oh, that's cool. So um, for this, we would probably use more abstract imagery. Um, we just need to figure out how that'll pan out. But the goal is to make a like a holistic synchronization of like lyrics to music to art to stage presence, and then have all of that enveloped. One, one big large one, experience. One right? big large collective experience for the listener. I appreciate that because there's some great bands that don't really know or care about putting on a show and that seems like such a shame you know there's a there's a lot to be said for having those visual elements so that'll be exciting for, to see um, so we talked a little bit about the themes on the new album uh, can you elaborate on like as an overall band what sort of themes you all are trying to explore and if you want to take that lyrically uh, Francois and then I don't know if you guys want to add on to musically what themes you're trying to explore cool. yeah <clears throat> well so obviously the universe and reality and and prehistoric cultures is is very uh, much uh, the central theme, but even you know there are some uh, ancillary themes that that go on there too. Um, a lot of it having to do with, um, believe it or not, math. Math being the the not just the language of the universe, but 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 actually <clears throat> defining the, the the actual operating parameters of the universe, and that's something that that uh, I talked to a little bit in the song Three of Three, and uh, which we haven't recorded yet, but that will be on the next album. And, um, and uh, also how all that relates um, 
to astronomy and to religion and to spirituality and uh, ultimately to just our awareness, our awareness really. You know, what, what, what is reality, for example? And is that the same for all of us? And is it the same that it always has been for all of us? And, and will it be again? So that's, uh, these, are, these are the concepts that I, I, try to, I try to touch on. Obviously, one song isn't gonna, you know, isn't gonna outline the, uh, the concepts enough to, uh, to really convey a, a holistic message. Yeah, so um, that's why I try to make a series of songs that sort of uh, touch on certain aspects of, of, of that. And then hopefully by the end of an album or a set, you, you, if you're, you know, if you're thinking about it, then you think, okay, um, this makes me think in a certain way that maybe I wasn't thinking about before, and uh, maybe this isn't the kind of uh, concepts that I normally think about when I just go out and listen to a band. <laughs> but then again, it can be taken on another level of just, uh, you know, you don't have to try and, you know, interpret every word or phrase, sure. you know, you can also just let it sink in, yeah. and it, 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 it will do its, it, it's, uh, you know, it'll do its job whether you're paying attention or not, mm-hmm. on some level. Yeah. It's interesting talking to you guys, because it seems like you have a little bit of a more cerebral approach than I do, like, I'm, I'm very, like, I guess, riff-oriented, like, if a riff makes you want to, like, jump around, mm-hmm. then that's cool, and, um, so it seems like you're trying to touch on some, you know, more cerebral, higher level things. But do you also um, uh, think a lot about like grooves and that kind of thing? Or? Well, it's interesting you mentioned that because, you know, it's not maybe quite as orchestrated as what what I make it sound. Mm-hmm. It's I mean I think our music is well thought out, but it's not forced. I mean, that's literally what I think about, and so that's what I write, you know, it's not <laughs> just that I'm, honest. yeah, yeah I'm not, I'm not writing, oh, these are the subjects that I should write about, you know, it's like, you know, I start playing and, and then these are the words that come out, that's really how it works, and I think that's really the only way for conveying a message in a, uh, in a way that's actually palatable to people. Because if you really uh, try to massage these concepts in a way that makes sense consciously, then it becomes more like work. And it becomes like people have to like read the cliff notes or they don't know what's going yeah. on. You know? Whereas uh, if it's a little more stream of consciousness, I think it's sort of, I'm assuming my mind really isn't any different than your mind. Mm. You know, we're all humans. And um, so, even though we have different experiences, I'm trying not to speak to the experiences themselves, or, or the cultural differences, or, or the anything that's different about us that, that is other than human. And that's, that's, that's my platform, that's what I'm trying to write to. Nice. Well, I did have a couple of thoughts to that. Um, it's weird approaching the band both as a previous fan and now, you know, a third, third, third member. But, um, Another theme that I thought was 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 prominent was was the theme of time. Oh yeah. So um, 
you know, as as a <laughs> as a um. That's painful to, to elaborate. <laughs> totally forgot about that. That's actually what the name of the band is, yeah. is about. It's, yeah. Yeah. So so there's um so one of my favorite songs as a as a, uh, as, a as a fan was Phantom Scimitar. And you know, Abby's thing is, oh, it's the name of the band, and then you know, it's like it's like that um that moment where you're like this, you know, like when like when when you're watching a movie and you hear the name of the movie in the movie, and yeah, like, oh, yeah, God, yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those moments. But um, I thought it was fascinating how you described like the name of the band in in terms of time within the song. I, I always thought that it was that it was pretty deep, and one of the lyrics, and correct me if I don't. It a perfectly time as a scimitar cuts you from both near and far. So I thought that was an interesting way to incorporate like the band and the theme in, into this like um, ancillary idea. So I, I always thought that was, that was yeah. Pretty neat. Well, so that's interesting because Derek figured out the meaning of phantom scimitar uh, as a fan before mm-hmm. joining. Yeah, and that was that was really that felt really good because yeah well phantom scimitar is a euphemism for for time and um it's something it's phantom because you you don't really know what time is it's uh it's relative. it's relative yeah it's not it's really undefinable mm-hmm. you know you ask well if i ask you what is time there's, well, no, there's no answer yeah. um if you can answer that then there's a nobel prize in it for you nice. well i mean you could say it's a it's, it's a arbitrary measurement of well, that's okay. Uh, that's there you go. Oh, you yeah, <laughs> it's arbitrary measurement of time, but you can't define it by saying what it is. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, no, yeah. that's interesting. And then it's a scimitar because, uh, well, it, the most destructive power, the the thing that can cut us all down, the thing that cuts the cord, is time. Hmm. And um, phantom scimitar. That's the. Well, now I just told everybody the. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, tipped your hand a little bit, but no, that's that's exciting. <laughs> now people know where the name came from, and, um, but yeah, to give you two a chance to jump onto that question, are there certain themes that you're trying to ex- explore uh, uh, with your drumming, Derek? I know, I know that you mentioned um, just trying to push yourself, but is there more that you'd want to add to that? Like, um, when I was, um, or when when. Zanush and I play with Channel Volatile together. My approach, because she does the melody with, with keyboards, and I think that's a little bit different. So my job is to try to you know, match it, not line for line, but try to get the general idea, and then think about like where the dynamics, where I want to put the certain emphasis on, on certain notes, and I'm really tom-focused. So here, I back off on the toms a little bit. I focus more on, 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 the, on the beat, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to be more deliberate on how I'm emphasizing like certain certain fills so that it, it plays both to the guitar and to, into the bass and like where it speaks to certain points of the song so I'm trying to make it flow in a sense and I'm trying to you know do that differently with each song so mm-hmm. I'm trying to really think about not overdoing certain parts because I've been my experience has been more more rock more um, riff driven as, mm-hmm. as, as, as you described so here I'm, I'm trying to you know think more to my almost more to my jazz roots and try to you know put this here if this is too much you know just like the right recipe in a sense so that's that's my approach yeah. that's great I appreciate it actually because uh, you know normally you go to a rock 
concert or you know go see a band and the uh, drums is just pounding you in the in the face mm-hmm. for, sometimes it's like in here yeah yeah <laughs> and uh and that's fun that's a lot of fun you know when you're all hyped up and mm-hmm. young or whatever but uh you know what we really appreciate about Derek is is that touch you know sometimes hard sometimes soft sometimes playing a xylophone you know <laughs> I mean, it's just all over the place you know and uh that just adds such a dimension rather than just rock drumming in your face for 45 minutes how about you know this kind of dynamic range of sounds and and beats and just it's just uh it's so variable that it matches the music uh really really perfectly it's a hard lesson to learn as a drummer is you know you, oh, you, yeah. you you wait a number of years and you think and you think and you think about it but after enough death eyes from people I'm really I'm really loud I need to I need to tone this down a little bit I uh I, I took some brief lessons as a drum and the main thing they wanted to impress on us is you don't have to be loud <laughs> it's one of the hardest things to learn is what I hear yeah yeah and uh, so Zinesh I'll pass that question over to you um are there themes you're trying to explore with your bass playing your keyboard playing um I would say i play bass in the same way that I play the keyboards, mm-hmm. which is, um, I think the theme I'm trying to go for, or the, the theme that I'm doing is uh, embracing fluidity. Um, so I'm not really much of a, a rhythmic bass player, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I just like to be that, like, miasma in the backdrop, <laughs> um, sort of like bridging the rhythm section with the guitar, um, and I'm just trying to see how how that fits. So, like Francois really um, elaborates on the rhythm through his guitar playing because uh, he's a bass player by by nature. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And I'm I appreciate the bass, but uh, inherently I'm a pianist, and I like and I like keys. I like synths and pads and stuff like that so I am more of the the space between gotcha gotcha I think to a degree we're all a little bit out of our element you know Francois a natural bass player not a singer is now guitarist and singer so no keyboardist now bass me in a different style so I I think we're learning to to do it as we go so you know we can learn it all at the same time yeah that can lead to some exciting stuff have you found that to be the case yeah yeah I have been it's it's nice to not stovepipe yourself. Um, it's uncomfortable, but that's the whole point. Yeah. So. Yeah. I leave practice sometimes, like, you know, head down and kicking uh, yeah. myself, and then I'll get a text, oh, so good job, Derek. I'm like, oh, <laughs> did feel like a good job. That was from her. No, no, no. no what? That's not true. Oh. It literally yeah. feels like your heart is breaking after you're Oh, man. Um, well, Derek, talk to me about going from being a fan to being a band member. What was that transition like? Um, well, I think Zinus might argue if, if she had asked me before and I said no, but Francois said yes, maybe maybe there's favorites in the band. <laughs> um, it, it, it felt natural. I, I think um, we, you know, when... Channel Volatile and Iratus were at their at their heights. We were playing a lot of shows and we had a lot of fun and played a lot of shows together. 
so we were around the same, you know, groups of people, and then all of a sudden, Phantom Scimitar popped up, and then we were playing with them, and then um, Sepia had a uh, album release, and that took up a lot of the time, and then that kind of Sepia is your other band. I'm not. I don't remember oh, if you said that. Yeah, I yeah, just, yeah. For the listener, okay, go. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, um, I sp- I spent a few months, you know, doing marketing and that kind of stuff. It took up a lot of time. So after that, I, I was a little bit frustrated with that whole, you know, not not um, exhausted, I guess is where we were with the whole process. So when I was asked to play, it was a relief. It was just like, it's something new, it's something different. You gotta get to think creatively again, so. Nice. Yeah, and he like listened to the material incessantly and like picked up the lyrics and stuff. And like, how many drummers do you know that like can pick yeah. up the lyrics and ask you, philosophical questions behind the, the lyrics that he wrote. That's a rare thing. That's a rare thing. Yeah, that's the most important thing, really, is that we're all involved and we all appreciate the material and we all want to contribute to, to the sound, you know, not just to be in a band together, but we're all about the music, you know, mm-hmm. we're, we're, we're all into it. I mean, that's the most important thing. Um, and so the album's coming out, we talked about that. Uh, so just building on that, what other goals do you guys have before getting, uh, um, besides getting that out? What, what does the future hold? We want to get out another album. <laughs> already, already looking at the next one. And I like also, it. I really would like to print maybe one or both these albums. I mean, we have about two albums worth of material already. Um, to get one or both of them printed in vinyl. Um, that's really the way. That's the way I listen to music, anyway. And uh, that's just one of my goals, anyway. But. Yeah, mine's maybe to play some play some shows. You know, get out there and, and um, collaborate with some people. You know, go see some fun concerts. You know, find out what um, truly is underground at this point in time in in, in the Baltimore Washington area, and and try to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think we we want to have um, other musicians join. We want to have another, potentially add another guitarist to the band. We want to strengthen our visual component. So creatively, we want to have um, other elements. As well. Yeah, that, that would change the dynamic a lot. That that could be pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, well, I guess we'll kind of wind things down. Oh, was there something you wanted to add? I'm sorry. Oh, no, I was saying, yeah, that, that's actually the correct answer. <laughs> <laughs> we were just saying stuff. I yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just want to hit the drama. Well, I guess we'll kind of wind things down a little bit. But before, um, I always ask the same question at the end. So but before I do that, um, is there anything else that we want to let people know about? Um, this won't be up for a little while, but is there anything you'd like to promote besides the, the record? Um, so like us on Facebook. Okay, right? yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You guys have a band camp. Yeah. Check out our band camp. Like, uh, oh, yeah, that's good. So facebook.com slash Phantom Scimitar. Yeah, that, yeah, that P- sounds right. P. Scimitar? P. Scimitar. P. Scimitar. Yeah. Yeah. I think Phantom Scimitar was taken. I'm what? not sure why. <laughs> That's odd. (laughs) 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 But it is phantomscimitar.bandcamp.com. It's our Bandcamp page. Okay. 
Bungo and support you there. That's cool. Uh, so I, I always like to leave people with some advice, some words of wisdom. So let's just go around. Um, what what advice would you have for a musician, either someone starting or someone younger than you that wants to to get a band together like this? Well, I, th- I thought you were going to give us the words. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't like, have anything. I might not have, yeah. If I have words of wisdom, I, you know, I might not be doing this. I don't know. <laughs> Well, okay. I mean, this is not this is not necessarily to make you successful or anything. This sure, is yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Um, to you know make you satisfied, and that is to uh, you know whatever sound or 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 concepts you want you want to uh, explore. You should explore it with no compromise. Just go and 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 let your art totally out there because there are definitely going to be some people that appreciate it. Um, there's also going to be a lot of people that don't appreciate it. But uh, that's okay. If you hold yourself back, you won't be satisfied with, with what you're doing. And then why would you be doing it, you know? Um, well, I, I, my advice would be that there's no wrong way to listen to music. Uh, don't be afraid to like what you like. I've been driving a lot and listening to Liquid XM, just really, really screaming, screaming loud music, and I'm thinking, <laughs> man, I'm sure there was a period of time not too long ago where this probably wasn't that acceptable. Now we're just, you know, praising it and it's awesome. Um, two of my favorite bands currently or albums that I really like is um, Alien Weaponry. They're, they're kind of loud and they're young and metally, but and then Taylor Swift. Um, oh, that's quite yeah, a combo. I mean, yeah, don't, don't, don't be afraid to explore, and what, what do you like, you like. So, I think that's, that's my advice. Cool. And how about you? Uh, well, I would say uh, visualization is a very effective tool. <laughs> um, I spent my whole life wanting to play the bass, and I'd see myself doing it, but I didn't really pick it up mm-hmm. until like a couple years ago. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I did it for a few years in college, but I was too scared to perform to the point where my instructor had my rehearsal done t- with the audience facing their back, or having their backs faced. Because wow. <laughs> I was so scared of performing. You're kind of like Brian Eno. He would do that <laughs> in the beginning. Christopher yeah. did that too. Oh, did they? Yeah. Cool. You watch them and they're facing the other way. Wow. Um, so I would say if you have a passion, uh, envision it in your mind and play it out with yourself uh, front and center or to the side, whatever, and then eventually it happens. Visualization. I'll tag on to that real quick. I know I said we were wrapping it up, but um, so if someone has the, the anxiety that you did about performing, what tips would you have to move past that? Um, don't take it too seriously. I, I, I joke a lot about it. I, <laughs> um, I don't, I just like, okay, I'm playing a show. I don't really care. Um, I, I picture the audience in their underwear. <laughs> but, but that's not cool. but, I, but I'm not nervous or anything. That's just, <laughs> this what is what you do. do. Zone out. Um, this is the wrong podcast for them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
my, my advice is practice, you know what I mean? Don't be open to criticism, don't be, you know, once, once you get past that hurt feeling part, just, you know, ask for, you know, how does this sound, be honest with me, and just practice until, mm-hmm. until you're satisfied with how, how your performance is. Get comfortable with that. Cool. Uh, well, thanks so much, guys, and I hope that everybody enjoys the new album, and uh, yeah, this was a lot of fun. I appreciate the time. Thanks. Thank you. Every, everybody's favorite album. Go. <laughs> Oh, oh gosh. <laughs> uh, 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 right now, probably Raw Power by the Stooges. Okay. Me? <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, I would say. No. <laughs> I would say Devin Townsend Transcendence. Okay. Um, Tool, Arma. Okay. Uh, any album in the 70s by Jethro Tull. Okay, Jethro Tull. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we'll leave it on that. All right, thanks so much, guys. Thank you.